Welcome everyone. Oh, I'm going to say that again because it didn't press play. I didn't press record. Okay. Welcome everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Conversations with Titar and Tiffany and Pamela Davis. We are so excited to have you here today. We're having a oh, we love you. Uh, we love you and we want you on here more often. And uh, Pamela has her own podcast as well, which will we'll definitely give you a, um, you talk about that at the end because it is good. Okay. She does good stuff. Aww. Good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, but today we're going to talk about a topic that we've talked a little bit. Sometimes we discuss things before and then we come on and talk about it. But we kind of just save this for the juiciness that it's going to be. So this is like extra raw and real and juicy. And so we're going to talk about the United Nations F-Up. They did a, uh, uh, was it an article or a post uh, on yeah. Valentine's Day, um, which is if you go to our um, Instagram page, you'll see it there. But we're just going to talk about it and then we'll share in the show notes as well. But it's basically... Uh, uh, art, uh, artists, um, graphic design picture, what do you call it? Uh, artwork. Mm -hmm. And it's got, I'm going to explain it. So it's got a, it looks like a white woman and a black man hugging and then an older white man. And then maybe an Indian or a Brown man standing in front of each other, holding hands. And then it's got like, um, again, a Brown woman. She looks Indian. I think, um, I'm really generalizing here, mm -hmm. um, holding hands uh, with a white woman with pink hair. And then there is a black woman at the end of the picture holding herself. And it caused quite the uh, uproar, right, in, mm -hmm, in, uh, in, well, yeah, the, the, the black community, I would say the black women's community, because mm -hmm. I didn't see your, any, I heard you men spe mm -hmm. men speak about yeah, it. I guess I didn't hear it. Um, and so the, the background is Tita messaged me when she saw it and was definitely having a Tita moment, was up in arms about it. And <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a skimmer, so I didn't read the whole article, but I got the general gist of what was going on, mainly because of what Tita mm -hmm. was saying and what I, what I read. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I see something here. And then we had a discussion about that, that, that we'll get into. But I, I, I think where we want to go is Tita, I think it'd be good for you to preface your experience and then Pam your experience because I know that you two connected and you had a little bit of a different viewpoint as well and then I'm gonna bring in the white lens and it's probably not gonna be too pretty but I'm gonna do it because again this is about conversations right really honest conversations and I'm gonna come mm -hmm. to it from the lens of uh the white girl so and really quick if you do go you can go to our Facebook page that conversations with Tita and Tiffany um, oh yeah that handlers at a black girl, a white girl. And the article is actually there on our Facebook page if you wanted to read the article as well. Which we recommend, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I did, I don't, now I don't remember the details in the article, but I did read the article after I saw the image first. And I think I saw the image someplace else first. And I remember I was like, huh. I had to double look because I was like, oh, maybe there's something that there, 
showing that this black woman is doing like some like she was leading a cause or she was she was being amplified in some sort of you know superior way so mm -hmm. i was like oh but then i looked again and and i'm literally showing them if you're listening to this i am literally putting my head down like i'm looking at the, <laughs> the picture still yeah. i looked again and i was like oh wait a minute everyone is booed up right so all the other couples are together they're booed up with somebody but then the black girl was by herself and i was like huh what are they trying to portray there? Like, what is that supposed to mean? And then I see that she's hugging herself. Like, I'm like, okay, so are they trying to say that to me? I'm like, okay, they're saying, oh, the black women doesn't need to be in a relationship with anybody else because she can just be, just love on her own, just love herself. Like she doesn't need any other type of love or any other type of connection or relationship with, um, anybody else and it just it just felt it it triggers some because i'm like it'd be one thing if there was some other people who weren't in a relationship like if they had another guy just by himself or even a woman by herself or whatnot right but just that it only had this black women that could not be in a relationship that was triggering because it, i feel like that is what we are seeing a lot of black women are seeing the stereotypes of black women is that we're hard to get along with that we are very opinionated that we're aggressive and that um we're not validated enough or valuable enough to have relationships they're all single moms you know um you know so forth like that so all that stereotype so when i saw that image that's all the stuff that just like literally went through my my whole mind my whole like spirit and soul i saw all of that and i was just like wow and then the other piece of that i was like who all looked at this graphic before it was published especially from united nations like who who's all and then that just brings back the whole who's all at the table yeah. when these things are happening like did not not near one person looked at this image before it's published and say oh gosh there's something that looks a little odd here like all these people are in all these lovely relationships and then you have this black lady by herself oh but wait you do have a black man but you put her put him with a blonde a blonde and white lady like <laughs> That's where I, that, oh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. I, so y'all know, obviously I disagree wholeheartedly with that. I believe it represents um, the wrong narrative. It's still putting out stereotypes about black women and not such mm -hmm. a good light. Um, and also the piece of like, I'm gonna be real too, cause like the black man doesn't want the, um, the black women. He will just prefer to be with a white woman over a black woman. So all around. Not happy. Failed. She was, yeah. She was <laughs> she was not happy and still not happy. Pamela, what's what was your experience when you saw it? Like what did what went through I, your head? I hate this I hate to say it, but I'm not surprised. 
because right. I, I just, I'm, I hate it. I'm kind of immune to it. I just expect that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because kind of like what Tita said, we're, who's in the boardroom? A lot of time there is not enough diversity in a lot of these corporations. So for them to do this kind of thing, it's not surprising. Um, during Black History Month, it's even more tone deaf, but again, that highlights what goes on in corporate America. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, it is that way. It is perpetuating that. It is also, all, I mean, it, there's just so many different layers. And I understand what they were trying to do behind it, because I think it was just a message about diversity from what I've read and what I see. But again, it always feeds back to the stereotypes that Black women are you know, we are just too strong, too opinionated, too aggressive. And that's why we're by ourselves and nobody wants us. And so you have no other choice but to hold yourself. So you're right. It's, it's toxic and it's terrible. But the problem is it's just not surprising. And no matter how much we keep talking about trying to advance and do all of these things, that's the issue. When does it become surprising? When does it stop being the norm and we start recognizing there should only be one or two people who are tone deaf. I don't know how many times we have to hear from Oprah and all of these experts about black women. We actually love, love black men. We actually are agreeable. You know, we're not all stressed out and aggressive. And, and or even talking about what the root of all those things are. I mean, I think of black women, I know as a single black woman myself, I've heard that kind of like what Tita was alluding to. And in the context that she told it to me, because I went to see a psychic, I had a psychic reading, and she told it to me about love in the sense was just, there's no reason not to be strong. You should be strong, but calm down. Like, no, you don't need this man. No, you are 100% right. You do not need him. But don't tell him that, <laughs> you know? Right. Me, she was trying to, like, give me game, I guess, to tell me, hey, kind of feed to his ego a little bit. And I accepted that and I understood it. But again, that even goes to another stereotype. I mean, yes, I'm strong because I'm handling my business and I have a job and taking care of my family and I have minimal, minimal, minimal time frames and and spirit for bullshit. But that makes me like I'm supposed to be some single woman for the rest of my life. No, that just means I I have standards. And when, but again, even that, is it is it all just a black woman thing? Because I know there's plenty of white women or other women yes. out here. If you're if you're viewed way too strong or too aggressive, you know you get called that famous word that rhymes with snitch. <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> you know, so it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't with it. But I but I ultimately for this, unfortunately, I'm not surprised, and that's the problem. Like I I I was actually I'm immune to it. I'm like okay, that's what I expect. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, that, that in itself is like, that's a sad place to be. So um, here's what happened for me. And when I noticed my own reaction, I was like, oh, we definitely need to talk about this because this is going to be, I think, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I think it's probably going to be a reaction by most um, white people. Hence why this is, you know, like you said, there there wasn't enough diversity in the room when this was created and said, yep, share it, right? Like there obviously wasn't a black woman. It seems like there was not a black woman in the room. Right. If she was there, she She was comfortable to speak up, right, about it. So here's what happened for me. And I think I'm a pretty, uh, you know, aware 
white person, I still have work to do, but I'm aware, like, I, you know, we have this show together. I've got T-Tar. I've got amazing people around me. I've got Pam that can set me straight. Like, yeah. I've got women around me that can set me straight. But when Tita sent it to me, she was enraged. Like, it was very obvious that she was peed off. And um, like I said, I skimmed it. I looked at it. And even though I knew she was pissed, I was like, oh, wow, that's really strong and powerful. There's self, she's showing self-love. That was my initial reaction, knowing that she was, it was like, oh, strong. It wasn't for me. It wasn't, okay unconscious bias here it wasn't oh strong black woman it was strong woman hugging herself showing self-love and then I messaged Tita and I said that and she said actually I didn't even think about that in that moment and then we talked about it a little bit more I was like wait let's well let's hold it because we can we can conversate about this all this once but let's bring it raw and real to the table and so mm-hmm. I think um the longer I sat with it, right, and Tita shared some more things with me, I was like, oh, of course. Like, it, I, you know, it's still playing into that stereotypical strong woman can look after herself, strong right. black woman can look after herself, mm-hmm. doesn't need anyone else, like all the mm-hmm. things that you're both saying. But again, my initial reaction was like, wow, that's really powerful. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a black woman, yes, she's strong, and she's showing self-love and I think that's what they were trying to depict like I think the person that or the team or whatever did it was trying to depict but again it's definitely that not non-consideration mm-hmm. of what that like the you know the the I mean the blow up the outcome of it and see I'm instantly thinking now that you said that I do see what you're talking about. I, I guess I can see that, but let's keep it a buck. I guess Tita, you can elaborate too with this. The problem is as black women, we are triggered by that because we are sensitive to the fact that we get viewed like, Oh, she's too strong or she's all the black woman is not desirable to other people. And that's why we just have to love ourselves because no one else is going to love us. So I hate to say it, part of that, I think the triggering is because unfortunately we're traumatized. This is what has been fed to us Mm. for generations. So you, and especially even now as over the last year, a couple of years, it's become even more heightened um, with racism and, and and diversity issues. I think people are on guard for it. So you are just naturally triggered. Because now that you've said that, I could see that the self-love, but unfortunately, if I haven't healed within myself, my own feelings about viewing viewed as this strong woman who is not worthy of love and who I have to love myself or nobody else is going to love me, that is going to trigger me. Yeah. And so it might not always be intentional, but my pain, nobody's fixing my pain and I haven't figured out unfortunately how to fix it so I could be carrying that in there exactly I concur with that because there's two things when Tiffany was talking that came to me um one is like you were saying Pam um it's it it's and it can be hard to describe right Mm -hmm. because um we are we internalize And I'm speaking probably for more black people than not, maybe not the, you Mm -hmm. know, 12 and 13 year olds, maybe they haven't experienced yet just being out in the world, you know, as a black person. But with our age, we've, we've experienced a lot 
And it starts at birth, know your place. And when I see that picture, it's almost like know your place. This is where you belong. And this is how you need to be. Okay, so that's the first thing. So, so then, of course, because we are fed this story of not as desirable, you know, don't wear your hair kinky or curly because that's not desirable. Um, you know, like your dialect or, you know, the way you sound is not as like sexy and soft as maybe the white culture because it's just different genetics and genes. That's just, you know, the way things are. So it's like that picture to me reminded me of all the just external stories and all the external, now I know there's stories, right? Now I, I get and understand that it has nothing to do with who I am. It has to do with these other systems that were designed and then they able to infiltrate other people's minds, other white people's minds to think that they're superior and then that we're inferior. But when I didn't understand that and realize that, I took in all that. I was, I was inferior, right? I, I, I was like, oh, I'm not as valuable. I'm lesser than, um, I'm not as capable. So I fight that still daily. I know better, but I still fight it because I'm still facing it every day, right? So then to see a, a picture like that just reinforces a what I really am, I mean to folks, you know, to white people in America, stay in your place over here. And your place is you, you're just this strong woman that has an attitude, doesn't want anybody, you know, so just go over there and love yourself. Okay, so yes, and like you're saying, Tiffany, it wasn't the intent, I'm assuming, but when are we gonna stop saying it wasn't the intent? Like, I'm tired of like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't in my intent. That wasn't in my intent. We've got to start being accountable for what wasn't your intent. Because we should not be anymore, anymore in our society of like, oh, that wasn't my intent. Especially when it comes to racist, racism and it comes to um, inequalities. I, I, can't, I can't play into that wasn't my intent anymore. Like, that's an excuse I've seen over and over, um, especially in the workplace by white colleagues like being you know you know that being racist um what do they call it not overt but insidious and you know the bias or yeah they know what they're doing and then when you call it out on them oh it wasn't my intent what i meant was no you didn't that's why you're saying you know it wasn't my intent before i even explain to you what you really what you really said and what it really did and what it really means. Why are you saying that wasn't my attempt before I even finished my whole phrase? Because you know what you were doing. So, sorry. But so I'm saying, we gotta get away from this. Like, I'm tired of like, oh, there was nobody in the room. That wasn't our intent. Da -da 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 so what, I mean, I, I, I okay. Mic drop, done. Tea time moment, yeah. done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she covered it. Yeah. Um, I, I get, I get it. Like, I, well, I can get it as much as I can get it. Right. Like, but the, the thing again, for me as a white woman is like, it, if I say that was not my intention and I deeply mean that was not my intention. I, I think what I'm hearing you say is then 
don't do it again. Fix your intention. Don't make it's not my intention as a blanket excuse, right? Like say you're sorry, I'll fix it, do better, right? Because I think you're right. Like I think a lot of, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna generalize here. A lot of white people, a lot of non-black people, right? It's not their intention. They don't know better, but they need to know better. And I think if I put myself in your shoes, again, as much as I can, you're tired of it. You're exhausted by it because yeah. it's not my intention means uh, I'm, uh, that's not what I meant. Move on. Right. Done. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I get it. And, and then, so what's this, what, what would like, what would help if somebody said that was not my intention, what would be the next thing that they could say but in a moment? Like if we're strangers or mm -hmm. it's, you know, a short, like what, what would be something that you could say, see that there, that makes them proactively go, wasn't my intention. I'm sorry. And it feels like there needs to be an end, like something more. Yeah. What, what would that be? I think it needs to be the, and can you help me understand where my intention went wrong? Or can yeah. you give me information to help me understand how I could have done it better? Or, you know, so, because that's the thing. It's always an intent. And you notice everyone apologizes and the uproar dies down. But then when you look at, there's no action behind it. It's right. very surface. So you really don't want to learn anything different. You just want to calm down black yeah. Twitter or, or yeah. whoever is attacking you at that particular point in time. And I'm more speaking in terms of corporate. But like when you're having a conversation with someone and you're offended, I think it's about learning how to listen to why that person was offended. Because I think about it even from a corporate perspective. Because I mean, Tita, you mentioned even working sometimes in corporate America with white women. Yes, sometimes... It's like when you try to address why you were offended by a certain action or by a conversation, I've noticed that a lot of sometimes it becomes a deflection. Yes. You automatically try to deflect, right. well, you know, I apologize. I was having a bad day or I wasn't listening and it wasn't, and you're trying to articulate to them why exactly you're upset, but you don't want to hear that. You only want me to, I'll be honest, you want me to shut up and keep it moving because right. you need me to help you get this done but you're not hearing me. Right. And you're right. People are, I mean, as black women, I know for myself, I think we even talked about it when we were talking about some of the um, unrest that had happened before the election and everything like that. We're all exhausted. Yeah. Like how many times do I have to educate you? I'm 48 years old. I am not willing Girl, you to look good for 48. teach anybody. Thank you. <laughs> but it's like, I'm tired. I yeah. am. I am so fresh out of fucks. It's like, I cannot yeah. keep trying to educate you if I don't see change behavior, like right. change the damn behavior. Right. So, right. Right. So, so I have to, <laughs> it's it's so, that simple. Change fucking behavior. <laughs> so you, you said oh something God. before. I love these conversations. So you said something before about, okay, if, if you didn't mean it, like yeah. ask me how I can change the intention. Right? Yes. But the other thing I hear from people of color, from black people is mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't want to educate you anymore. Go figure it out for yourself. Right. So it's kind of like you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. So where do we go with, I would honestly, if I didn't know you knowing what I know now, I'd be very careful. Like I live in a house with a black man. And he'll set me straight sometimes. He'll be like, 
go, go do your research. Like he doesn't even, I mean, he does, but he, he's like, go do your research. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like, sometimes I think white women, I'm just going to speak for white women. I don't know about white men, but white That's right. Like, we hear well, like, like all on the show. Just like, yeah. 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 We're, we're kind of like, we try to do good, but we fuck it up. And then, you, you know, so I'm fortunate because I have, you know, people around me that are like, mm-hmm. oh no, no, particularly Tita. No, no, Tiffany. No. Right. But not everyone's <laughs> going to do that. And not everyone's going to no. have the patience. And Tita is very patient, although I think she's getting less and less patient. But <laughs> I know that's a, a, a that's just natural. I think personally. So what are, but, what are yeah go go yeah I, I I you're right yeah it is natural. I think it, as I'm becoming less yeah. as I'm less complicit and becoming more yeah. aware Where? that yeah. I was suppressed heavenly and not just from the white people but from black people because they were suppressed. Like that's just that was the mindset. Like just the community as a whole was so suppressed so you got it double duty right you got like even for the mm-hmm. blacks to be like you know, stay in your place you know mm, that might be too much of a big goal you know no mm-hmm. one does that just 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 be satisfied with just making thirty thousand a year or whatever the case may be right but that's just because that's what how they've been told and you know mm-hmm. share and then so you got the blacks on one side then you also have the whites you're dealing with. So I say all that to say now that I am more woke myself, <laughs> my, <laughs> yes, I will say my patience <laughs> yeah. is not as quote unquote strong <laughs> as it was before because there's no way, I'm sorry, and then I'm gonna bring God into the mix. There's no way that God has all these people, all of us beautiful, wonderful people, for a group of folks just to be suppressed and just to not thrive and to struggle and be challenged because of the color of their skin. So just even having that mindset and then to really realize like, what I experienced, no, I, I won't sit back anymore. And no, I won't be quiet. And yes, I've lost people in my life. I lost um, a lot of white people that used to interact with me because I was, I, I was that black woman that even though I knew I was black and I, I, I loved my race, I was still, you know, even more than co-switching, I would simulate so that, you know, I can make sure that I didn't, make anybody uncomfortable or, or I, I made it really easy and simple for them to get to know me, but I was masking. I wasn't me, right? This is really me. I think I'm a great, wonderful person, but I'm also about truth, right? And I'm also about truth and being real and authentic. So that's what y'all see more of from me than just being like quiet, intimate and staying in my place mm-hmm. and I ain't staying in my place no more. So ever again, go ahead, Pam. No, I was no. going to say, I don't think you have to, I think, and, and I'll be honest, even like I said, I, I told you guys how old I am as a, even as I gotten older, I'm sure you all will experience the same thing. It is harder to keep can, it's harder to 
your patience is more when you are younger. As you get older and you know yourself, you own yourself, mm. you accept it for all of the flaws, all the beauty that you are as a person, you are not going to be able to tolerate BS. But at the same time, I understand what you're saying because you have to still be open. I would love to say, oh yeah, go ahead and figure it out. You don't know how to handle being around black people. You need to go research. You need to go figure it out. I made a vow not to do that because then I feel like I'm becoming part of the problem. Right. I want something to change. So then that means I will humble myself to have conversations and stay open and available so that I don't get angry. I try not to lead with anger because I'm like, I've seen so much. I've heard so much from both sides. There shouldn't be anything I feel like outside of like if somebody were to threaten my family that should prevent me from being able to have a conversation with someone who is of another color, who might want to seek to oppress me in some way. Because if we don't have conversations, how is it going to change? Like, that's the problem. We're not, we're only getting on the surface because everybody is so afraid of everybody. Right. And yes, right. I might be a little bit of intimidation point for you, but at the same time, I think, I hope I try to project enough, of, of my true energy to show you that, yeah, I might not agree with you, but I'm still going to listen to you and I'm still going to give you a chance. And then I'm going to say my piece and I'm going to try to educate you because I want you to still stay available. I want you to still stay open. Cause if I feel like if we shut the doors, we are never going to get past this shit. Like right. we have to stay open, whether it, it makes us mad or not. I have a couple of people I know who say the same thing. I'm tired of educating people. And I'm the right. same person to tell them, you can't do that. Right. Because once you do that, then you are now becoming part of the problem. Right. Because yeah. like it or not, we're the solution. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. I think we're all the solution, right? Yeah. Like we, we have to come together. We're, we're right. all, we, we've, got, we've got to all be, yeah. Got to all be the solution. Yeah. 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 I think. But I think it comes to a point where, though, um, I don't have a, obviously I'm doing this podcast, right? And so no, I don't have a problem um, uh, educating or sharing my experiences because that's how I can, I feel like that's how I can um, help is by really, truly sharing experiences. Yeah. People right. will be like, dang, because a lot of times, again, like people see me, they just think like, oh, she had just a happy life. and. Right. Everything was go lucky. And then when they hear some of the things, they're just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, how are you even still smiling? But I think that's just a testament to just who, my soul and my spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not going to um, allow myself to be suppressed anymore. But, and so I don't mind sharing my story. I think that's how I'm open to, if it's teaching, if that's the word, I don't know, teaching mm -hmm. or educating, mm -hmm. informing. Yet, I think where I do struggle, I will admit, I do struggle when <laughs> I'm having conversations with white people who just, who just want to keep choosing. I call, people call it ignorant, and I call it ignorant because they're ignoring. That's how I look at it. A lot of people want to ignore mm. things. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I start to get challenged is when, even if they're, even if they're white people that I, I've had conversations with who truly I know that they want to be an ally, right? And they truly are against um, racism, but then they don't want to hear the stuff that they need to hear so that they can really help us unite. That's where I tend to have my challenges. And then I notice that's when maybe 
I'm not the appropriate person. So now I'm learning to like, okay, you know what? I'm not the appropriate person to keep having this conversation with them. So I've learned to do that as I kind of mature with this podcast and other conversations, because then I realize I do get like, you know, bothered and then, and then it could come across that, you know, that whole stereotype. Oh, she's just getting angry. So I'm learning what platform I should be having conversations and how I should be having those conversations. So that's what I do different. So I don't have to be like, go learn on your own, go figure it out on your own. I just choose now where I'm going to show up, where it's not going to impact me. That's yeah. where I think the problem is, Tiffany, that you're hearing. I think it's those black people who feel like, oh my God, I felt devastated after that conversation. Mm -hmm. Or I just felt, you know, just flat line. Or I just, I just, I let that feeling just diminished. Then they're like, okay, I don't want to have these conversations more. Because I was feeling like that too with some, on some platforms. But now I know where I should have these conversations. So I don't leave, you know, depleted. Cause otherwise what, what's the point, right? Cause mm -hmm. I, I don't need yeah. to feel more depleted than I have over being black. <laughs> I think, I think it's like, it, it again, it, it's, it's interesting as a white person because you can only you can only read so many books right or watch so many movies and learn the history and the suppression it's and that's why i'm so passionate about what what we're all doing right like pam with your podcast mm -hmm. come together yeah. our you know our podcast our yeah. show yeah um, because it's the it's the it's the conversations it's being immersed in the the back and forth the understanding mm -hmm. of different perspectives but where i've really learned is through through Tita's stories, right? Like yeah. her lived experiences through other, you know, black friends, through my boyfriend's lived experiences, watching it, seeing, being a part of it. I think I have an extra amount, like Tita and I were gonna start this back, in, we did start this back in 2018. Um, and, you know, I, I since then now have a, a black boyfriend and it's those, I have even more of an insight living with a person of mm -hmm. color because mm -hmm. my life has changed. My perspective has changed because now I move in the world differently um, because of, mm -hmm. of him. Like I'm more mindful of the places we go, where we show up, if a police car passes us. Like, so I have an even a deeper understanding, but not everybody's going to have that experience. So where do we meet people? So they really start to, like just empathize like because i i don't even think you can i will never be able to walk in your shoes never and i think that's vice versa it's just um for me i find that like you said it's about stories and i think part of the problem as a black woman or even black person in general a lot of times in order for me to evoke empathy or to get empathy i have to lay my pain out for you to absorb right. them and feel them and hope yeah. you understand them or in some cases, like you alluded to, Tita, it'd be diminished. And my pains are my pain. Those are, those are the things that I carry and define my experiences. I think you do have to get to a point where you decide how much of your pain that you are actually willing to share. Mm -hmm. Because that's self-care, protecting yep. how much of your truth you're willing to lay out just yep. for everybody. Certain truths, it has to be earned. 
Right. You know, those, because those are, mm-hmm. those are trust deep, deep seated truths and pains that I can't, you just can't give out to everybody because that's going to elicit a part of my emotion and my soul. And I, and I understand that, but at the same time, yeah, you do have to, you got to share the stories. And, and sometimes when you share them, as I guess from a black perspective, you have to be willing to share it with the understanding that this person may not receive it. And you know what? That's okay. Because at least you tried and you were open and that's what needs to happen because that's setting a good positive intention in the atmosphere for somebody else to be open. And hopefully that person will have, but it's always goes back to black people having to be the ones to do that. And you never see or never hear enough of white people saying to a black person, thank you. Tell, obviously there is something in you that is triggered. Can you explain to me a little bit about what happened? How can I understand your trauma better? Because that's the thing. It's like I said, living in America is a complex relationship for black people. Yes. We might look really great and we've gotten a lot of stuff, but the traumas that we have to put, and accept to get these things it's like you die a little bit every day (laughs) I mean seriously in some instances just to be able to survive and I hate to say it though that is a societal issue because that is the construct of America you know there is classism racism we are a caste system so that is just what it is now but that's again it's like there's it's trauma and people have to be willing to understand trauma. You got to be willing to cry a little bit. You got to be willing to be embarrassed a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to go forward because I have to cry. I get embarrassed. I've been embarrassed. I've had to cry about certain things that I've done or certain feedback that I've received just about myself from a corporate perspective or whatever. And I've had to swallow that in. How come when the shoe is reversed, how come that can't happen back? And that's the problem. Right. I can't, I can't always do that. Exactly. And I was just, oh my God. Yes. Cause I was just the other day, I was just really pondering. I was like, why, seriously, why is there a challenge when people like, even if it's a white, white people or black people are trying to amplify like black businesses or just black people in period, like, there's still immense resistance, you know, amongst white people. But then they challenge us and say, like, oh, we're not, you know, racist or we're not um, discriminatory. But then, and so I, I question even the audience. Like, if you notice that you kind of, like, cringe a little bit when, there's, when we're amplifying Blacks or when we want to talk and share about Black businesses, why is that though? Because how many, we see white businesses all the time, right? We see, we hear about white businesses promoting Mm -hmm. doing this and that. And like, if there's a corporation who, the sun's coming in, if there's a corporation who is decided to do a lot of black commercials or have a lot of black lives matter Mm -hmm. um, statements and you notice yourself kind of like, Hmm, why are they doing that? That's when you really need to check yourself. Cause why is that? Why is that? It's your privilege. Like, why is that? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's where I really feel like that's check in like, with yourself. Yes. Yeah. You need to really understand, like, oh my gosh, I just flinched at that. Yeah. 
it's like so yeah, I, I agree i think it's like acute self-awareness like it it really mm -hmm. is that that self-development piece right like i because we're having these conversations all the time right. I'm, I'm checking in all the time like I, I keep uncovering my unconscious bias i keep uncovering you know all the things mm -hmm. that i say and, and i do and i'm like oh my god that's just totally coming from everyone's going to come from their own perspective right but when i think mm -hmm. that's where the healing starts is when you can really start to try and look from the other person's experience in another point of view and i love what you said pam about um, you know, uh, ask the question, like, I see that you're triggered right now. Can you, can you share with me more about like where, you know, where that comes from so I can understand and be a better mm -hmm. ally or a better support. Like those words though, like that, that you use that comes from a certain level of doing your work and people call right. it woke or like mm -hmm. really being intentional. And so I think what we're calling for is that real, uncomfortable intentionality yeah. like like really taking ownership of mm -hmm. our privilege of our even even you were saying like you're aware you know you've got to self-love and it's 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 your stuff and it's about you and you've got to do the work um i mean all around like we've we've got to do that yeah it's right. funny i i pray for the world every day mm -hmm. i say a prayer every morning for the world to get more empathy because I am very worried yeah. that the lack of empathy that is on display, at least for the past several years, like it's leading us all down a path that we are just not going to come back from. So I do, I say a prayer for the world every day to help us be more empathetic to each other because I don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. That's why we have to have more conversations. That's why we have to tell our stories so that people can understand it. Um, it's just, and, and it's so sad because I always think about, yes, I do the work, but I feel like the pressure for myself as a black woman, I have to constantly do the work. Right. I feel like that's my job to stay evolving, to stay growing so that I can be the best person that I can be. And I see that a lot in a lot of black women. I see that a lot of white women too. Like women, we are, a lot of women are constantly, Lord, let me read this book. Let me get this self-help coach. Yeah. But it's just not enough of that going on throughout the world so that people can deal with their stuff because that's the problem. You have to deal with your unconscious bias. You have to deal with your preconceived notions. Not every black person is the same. Not every white person is the same. And until we get those unconscious biases, we just keep having tone deaf situations like that with that image or other things that are occurring because there's just seems to be this, this lack of wanting to understand the other person. We just want to believe what is fed to us and we have to get back to being critical thinkers. We yes. have to. And, and honestly, I'm going to admit it too. Everything you said, Tiffany, about like, um, when, when Pam was like, okay, yes, what you said was offensive. And then if they go, oh, okay, well, what was it that I said that caused you, know, you the trigger or be you know, offended? It's not just with the white people though, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, yeah. Even I myself, I am trying to also mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> be, not have my own bias towards yes. me as a black woman. And when I'm saying this, so everyone can understand is, I'm starting to like share more like, um, 
articles, even on LinkedIn, like, you know, there's a lot of articles coming out about uh, racism in the workplace or, you know, businesses, um, you know, the wealth gap between, you know, black women business owners or white women business owners, anything that has to do with just discriminatory type things in the workforce or corporate America. When I'm sharing it, I, my, it's like, oh, wait, should I share this? Or my connects, you know, are the people I'm connected to, are they going to be like, oh, wait, is she becoming Black Panther? You know, that type of mentality. But you know what I'm saying? Like that mentality. I do. Where, where, because you grew up when you, when I was, you know, in the workforce, I had a code switch and I knew that I couldn't act or be a certain way. So even me deconstructing, just being complicit and being under that, um, mm. you know, under mm. that construction of, you are made to be here yeah you know to yes so i'm purposely pushing myself to push Mm -hmm. out way more articles even in the professional and having my own business like i'm like you know what if a white person who did decide they wanted to work with me but then they decided not to because they saw that i'm pushing more agenda of um, the black culture, the blackness, then you know what? They shouldn't even work with me in the first place. Right, right. right so I right. finally had, I finally got to that place where I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not afraid to share blackness or, you know, level up or amplify my black culture. And I played into that, not doing that, right? And I, so now I'm not afraid to do it. So if I am doing it, and like I said, I know there's people that don't interact with me, but then that says a lot too. Like, yeah. why did you stop interacting with me, a black woman, who is amplifying her culture when you're in your culture, your white culture, and you, and we, and you amplify your white culture mm-hmm. all the time, and I amplify your white culture, being in your culture, following your culture so why all of a sudden now you don't want to interact with me but i have that you know that kind of that fear myself to even yeah 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 share and show up you know what i mean because i was part of that whole you know that makes sense yeah but that's the thing like we our generation because I know you're maybe slightly yeah, around the same age as me. Yeah. Yeah. Our generation was taught to suppress right. our blackness because right. that we're, I always like to equate our generation as we are the generation of get a car, get a really, B, get a BMW, you go to school, mm-hmm. you get a nice house, you marry this man, you guys have 2.5 kids and you get, and you buy all this nice designer stuff. Because, and I equate that back only because we're the first generation. Like, we're the first generation who were born with all of our rights intact. We're the early 70s babies. So we're the first free. So since we are totally free, remember, now on us is our responsibility to go out there and achieve all the things that our parents wanted but could never get. So it was kind of, we were that generation told, you have to always do better than what because my father used to say that to me. My job is to make sure that your sister and I, your sister and you are raised to a point where you exceed everything your mother and I did and then some. So that was always his goal and aspiration. Sure. I feel like this younger generation, you have that benefit of, I think the, the conundrum is you were raised by parents like me 
who came up in that same generation, but you don't know about the struggle that it took. So you have the, the fine line. That's why I think you see so many more activists, so many more people being so unapologetic about their blackness, or you see people being so unapologetic about their whiteness because they were crafted in a culture where they don't have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. For my generation, we, our generation, we have that responsibility. We are the ones who are supposed to suppress, but now we're like in our forties and we're just I, like, that. Like, I'm done with yeah. that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm unapologetically black. I don't try to like, I don't like go to work going black, black, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. <laughs> But, you know, the people I work with, they know I, I'm at a point now I'm super comfortable and I'm, they, they know, oh, she's black. Like, she's not like, she's black. She's blackity black and she's not playing. Like, I will correct you if you say the wrong name, say my university name wrong. I will correct you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I might sound white or proper, but yes, I'm black. black. Right. And you can yeah. get checked. If I need to switch, I will switch out real quick. <laughs> Check you up and then switch right back into okay, well, oh. you want to do it like this, this, and this. Yeah. It's so it's so complex. Like there's so much that you have to think about that you're yeah. just that's running in the background that becomes subconscious all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's no it's no wonder that there's like, you know, health issues and depression and yeah, um, you know, all right. that sort of stuff. There's something that I want to touch on before we wrap up that you both um, kind of said in different ways, but like, you know, the, the education part, like if you're trying to teach someone and then you, you mm-hmm. have a point of like, you know what, that's, that's not worth my time or my energy. And I think, well, I totally um, get that. And I think there's an element like, yes, you first and foremost look after you if it's not worth your time and effort, if you're not getting through, like Mm -hmm. I I have that experience even myself now with people coming to white people coming to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what you do with the way that you both show up is even if you have the conversation with someone that doesn't get it, you plant the seed because there might be something that they watch or they see, or someone else has the conversation with them. And I think that's part of like, I, you know, when Titar, when George Floyd happened and Titar and I were having lots of conversations and we restarted mm-hmm. the podcast and stuff, I was exhausted and I had a lot of people coming to me and I'm like, no, no, no. no. I was like, oh, this is what it's like. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This is what it's like. And I was getting angry and I was calling people out and I was doing all the things and I made all the mistakes and I learned from them. But I noticed that when I could show up, and even if people didn't really get it, was planting the seed. And I think, you know, that's really the core of this podcast as well. Like, let's just, you know, plant the seed, get it out there. Um, yeah. What, you know, do, and, and I, and I don't think there's, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a perfect way to do it just as long as we kind of, do it and sometimes i'm sure you feel like this it's so overwhelming i'm like oh my god we've got so much we're tita talking about talk, uh, we talk about this all the time we are in the marathon oh yeah plodding oh, along yeah, yeah. Ooh, unless, yeah. I get, unless i get kicked off the air <laughs> you're not gonna get kicked off the air <laughs> you, if you go i go if you go i go I know. okay me too 
Yeah. So any, any last things that you want to, like, what, what do you feel like the listeners, what would be their biggest? I, yeah. Go I think, I guess what I want to say is, um, cause it kind of goes back to, we talked a lot about intentions, right? Cause I do think that there is healthy intentions. I do think, so this is what I encourage our listeners, especially our white listeners. Um, when you are reading an article or when you are seeing an image and, and if you really truly just not even think about skin color, but put your humanity just completely on when something just doesn't look right or doesn't sound right. And you can tell there's like a narrative that's actually hindering or oppressing um, a person of color instead of ignoring ignoring that i encourage you to even reach out to the publication um to reach out to who might have even posted it um especially if they're posting in a way that they're not bringing awareness to it they're just trying to put out you know narrative that um people of color need to just stay suppressed or in their place that's also how change is going to work is now you're, I think a lot of our people are more aware with certain things, especially after George Floyd and after a lot of these corporations and other nonprofits and organizations are putting out lots of great um, information on racism, on um, oppression and disparity. So there's a lot of information out there now. So I do think that, again, we can't use intent as an excuse and ignorance as an excuse because there is a lot of information out there so i encourage you to really stop ignoring that and figure out what you can do to challenge the narrative especially if it's being conveyed in a way that you definitely see is negative awesome what about you pam i agree with everything that tita said but i also think that you have to be open to having difficult conversations. You have to be open to learning and realizing that ignoring it doesn't really fix the problem. If you actually probably had conversations or researched or read, you'd be surprised probably what you may find out. You know, it like I know that there's lots of conversations now, like you were like we were talking about in regards to black women and our def- how we're defined by society. There's lots of articles, there's lots of stories, there's lots of wonderful black activists, um, even great white activists who are having conversations around that narrative. Mm-hmm. Research it. Don't just, you know, look for a sound bite to be your only guide of information. Mm-hmm. You know, go deeper. show it. Yeah, go deeper. Show an actual interest and that will help dispel it because you'd be surprised your intention, what you put out, you get back in. So if you really want to know true factual things, if you make true factual steps toward finding out the truth, that's what will come to you. And don't be afraid of it because not every black person is angry. Yeah, we're angry a lot, but the fact that somebody even takes the time to ask why we're upset, why we're triggered to try to understand the perspective, that's really what people are looking for. Right. That's what they want. So if you do that, you're part of the change versus being a part of the problem. So just be open. And don't lose your empathy. Yeah. Mm. 
I love that, Pam. Like just, it's yeah. about being seen and being heard mm-hmm. and listened to. I, I love that. And empathy. Oh my God. I love that. And yeah, if you see something, say something totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Oh my God. That's such yeah. a good conversation. So yeah, Pam, you have the Well Done Life podcast. Yes, I Tell do. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. The Well Done Life podcast is a podcast about uh, women coming together, sharing our stories, uh, building community. That's ultimately what I want. I want to have a safe space where we can have hard conversations and you can feel comfortable to be able to talk and just be yourself. And so I've had Teton Tiffany on several times. I love having you guys on. We should have this like conversation again too, because I think that would be really great to just continue to build on it. But I welcome everyone in the space to come in. There's no bias. Yes, I'm very honest about how I feel as a black woman and how it is living in a country. But just because I criticize America doesn't mean that I don't love America. So don't don't take it personally. But yes, everyone is welcome um, to find me. Our podcast streams on Sundays and I'm on all the streaming platforms. So check me out. I would love to have you in. Or you can follow us on social. I'm on Instagram as well as I am on Facebook, but as Pamela Davis. So you can text me there. Awesome. And we will put the links in the show notes so you can find her, like her, subscribe to Pam. She does great. She has great people Mm -hmm. on there and we love being on your show as well. So thank you ladies. I love you guys. We might have to have you back on because Tiffany about the bachelor nation. Oh, Oh. Ah! (laughs) I was like, I don't even want to put my energy on them, but I understand where she's coming from because I think some folks have asked her about it. What we think about it. Uh huh. I have a whole. That's why I want you to talk about it because about you have it. a whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, start yeah. back in twenty years when they first started. So. It's yes, and it is. Right? Yeah, I've got some so opinions myself about that. Now you want okay. So now okay. you got okay. Okay, let's yeah. say this in Pam, <laughs> Pam. We're gonna book okay. you, come back on. <laughs> okay. And and talk about it because this is gonna be juicy. I can already. Oh, this will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so good. I don't watch the show, but anyway, let okay. Well, I only I watched watch one episode. I me either. I gotta tell you, when twenty years ago, when I saw what was happening, and then season after that and the season after I was like yeah okay all right save it save it save it save it save it yeah okay how can they find us all right do your thing do your thing do your thing okay you can find us at blackgirlwhitegirlconversations.com and you can get to our Instagram, our YouTube, our Spotify, our iTunes, all through our website. Or you can find us separately at our Instagram at a black girl, a white girl. And we have our Facebook page. If you're watching live with us right now, then you know where it's at. But if you're not, you can go to Facebook and also put in the handle, handler, a black girl and a white girl. Please like us, share us, um, subscribe. Um, we have wonderful, I think, really good newsletters. So make sure you also subscribe to our newsletters through our website. Awesome. Good job. All right. Let's wrap it up. Thank you, ladies. I love you both Thank so much. You. Good stuff. Love you too. Bye.
Thank you. Bye.